Okay, well, over the next few months, uh, we're going to do a bit more in the way of audio on From Poverty to Power. So I thought I'd start off and get some practice doing something really simple, which is a weekly roundup of the kind of posts and debates and what's, uh, what's worked and what hasn't worked and so on. So this week, a week beginning 10th of September, partly I was doing a catch-up for people because 6,000-odd uh, people have signed up for email reminders when a new post comes up. And uh, the system crashed a few months ago, so I gave people two catch-up sessions to uh, some of the highlights over the summer. Uh, I suppose the things which have probably got the most interest and the most comments was a big fight on the community-driven development, featuring some critics who were alleging very little impact, and some advocates, including Scott Guggenheim, one of the founders of community-driven development, arguing that the critics don't know very much about what they're talking about. And that got very tasty and got lots of really interesting ideas and discussions going. There were also a lot of posts on different aspects of rethinking aid, adaptive management, um, a lot of the stuff I'm working on quite a lot at the moment, both at um, Oxfam and LSE. Um, the thing which got the most hits out of all those summer posts, um, I had a look at Google Analytics, the, uh, the paper on wacky ideas for Oxfam's future actually got the most hits, which was kind of surprising. So um, people are interested in how Oxfam rethinks and uh, changes itself for the future. But the other two posts, the uh, one by Scott Guggenheim on community-driven development and a really good post by Aidan Ayakuzi from Tuaweza in Tanzania about um, the way the government is cracking down on uh, and changing the rules on statistics so that it will become illegal or could become illegal in Tanzania to do fact-checking of government stats, which is a pretty Orwellian, scary thought. So um, those were some of the highlights from the summer. In terms of the new stuff, I went to Stockholm a couple of weeks ago and sat down with um, five uh, church agencies from five Scandinavian countries, and we had a chat, and I summarised some of the more interesting topics. I think the one, the two that I'd like to pick out here, one is a really interesting discussion on nostalgia as a political force. You know, if you, if you think that actually a lot of people vote based on nostalgia, a yearning for the past, what do they miss? What do they want to get back to? Um, nostalgia is becoming a very powerful political force in many countries. It's kind of part of the Trump phenomenon in the US. It's part of the Swedish Democrats who did surprisingly well in the Swedish elections last, uh, last Sunday. And so you've got this sort of nostalgia for a largely imaginary past when everybody was happy, everybody lived in these homogeneous brackets, white, close brackets, communities, everybody knew their neighbours, everybody was cool, and it was all, all friendly and lovely. Um, that seems to be a powerful organising force in politics, and it seems to me that the left, although it has occasional attempts at doing nostalgia, things like um, nostalgia for the good old days of... Um, uh, uh, you know, the post-war sort of consensus, that kind of thing, the right has won the nostalgia wars at the moment. So that was kind of an interesting discussion. Another one was on how little we know about management consultants. So a lot of the big aid money these days does not go to governments and it doesn't go to NGOs. It goes through these little-known management consultants, people like Adam Smith International, Coffee, Palladium. Um, we don't really know much about them, um, and they're increasingly coming and asking NGOs to be part of their bids, something a DFID 
commenter called Bid Candy. So the NGOs have been saying to me, well, how do we know which one's a good one, and which one's a bad one? So I had a really interesting initial sort of conversation on Twitter about how do you work out whether to get into bed with any of these people, and if so, which ones? Um, and I think it's probably something I want to pursue more in the future. Wednesday, we had big news. Uh, Oxfam GB, who I work for, have a new boss, Danny Shriskandaraja, who's a uh, both a friend, but also a fantastic you know, rising star leader figure in the civil society movement globally. He comes to us from Civicus, the International Civil Society Alliance, and I think he's going to shake things up very well in Oxfam. So to celebrate that, I told people and linked to uh, one of his posts on, uh, uh, on From Poverty to Power uh, from last year, but also uh, put up the highlights of a new paper uh, we've got on how to cope with the shrinking civic space, the crackdown on civil society organisations around the world. Um, if Danny's in charge, I'm, I'm anticipating we'll be talking a lot more about that over the next few years, which is very exciting. And then uh, final post, uh, I had a bit of fun. So I got a call from a friend of Oxfam America recently who said, hey, we've just had someone presenting a book called How Change Happens, and it's not you. So I looked it up, and it's a book by a woman called Leslie Crutchfield. Um, really interesting piece of work on uh, looking at 20 social movements in the US and trying to ex work out what distinguishes the successful ones from the unsuccessful ones and you know, the, the success of, say, tobacco control versus the failure of gun control. Really interesting kind of essay question. Um, the book has some very good points. I really liked the, uh, the case studies, but overall I wasn't overwhelmed. What it did was very rapidly move from thinking about how change happens to what do we do? What I call you know, moving from a theory of change to a theory of action. And I think this is a terrible tendency in activist circles that people are so hung up on themselves and what do we do and how do we design the campaign that they ignore or forget or downplay the importance of context, understanding the system, adjusting, understanding power, who are your allies, who are your opponents. They think it's all about us and how we organize our campaign. So I did a fairly critical review, um, got a lot of um, comments, good and bad, uh, on Twitter and on the blog, but it's all part of the good conversation about how activism can sharpen up. So that's my week. I'll stop there. Uh, I'll be interested in any feedback. Is this any use? Do you want this? Do you want me to talk about other stuff beyond From Poverty to Power? Uh, I can talk about what I've done in my week, but I didn't think anybody would be that interested. But um, let me know what you think and have a good weekend. Bye.